Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, happy birthday, Shelby. <laughs> Thank you. What a what a strange time to turn 30. I feel like I lost a whole year and it kind of snuck up on me, but here I, know. I am. You're telling me. It's it, it's hunting me down. <laughs> it's just around the corner. Yeah, I've been told I can't complain about being 30, and I don't necessarily feel like it's an old number, but it's a strange number. It's a strange number to come to terms with. Like, the 20s were so monumental in, in making me who I am that suddenly, for that decade to be over, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> well, also, what do like, I have to show for this? <laughs> I mean, obviously, 20 is young, but also it feels like 29 is also young, where the yeah. difference between 30 and 39 feels like, oh, wow. Like, that, those oh, are yeah, two yeah. different groups of people. Yeah. <laughs> So it is scary to think about that whole. And and then I think about like, I can remember high school so vividly. Like I can remember Mm -hmm. being 17 without Mm -hmm. any trouble at all. And then I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't that long ago. That was 12 years ago. In 12 years, I'll be what? 43. It's like, I don't like that. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm in my feelings as it were. But um. It's it's exciting. I, I get to go home and take a vacation for the first time in over a year now. So that'll be nice to way to celebrate. Um, it means we don't have to like scrounge around for some lame episode to do. And it's good because we're finally getting into like real movies coming out again. So May, the end of May, we'll have a few like theatrical options to choose from. I know. I'm excited. I'm also sort of like, wait, does this mean I... I need to start up my AMC Stubbs <laughs> account here again. So, I know. Like, Does this mean I have to buy my baby like uh, noise canceling headphones so that I can take her to the movies every week? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I don't. Uh, or just you know, pawn her off on a doorman or something, yeah, or leave yeah. her in the lobby. Yeah, just Fiverr offer like um, babysitters that you can just hire for the hour. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Don't worry. Don't well, go I mean, we don't have to. You don't have to tell tell us if you are or aren't on the podcast. But it does sound yeah, like yeah, a good yeah, idea. Yeah. I would do it. Like, anyway. uh, yeah. Um. But I'm also excited because um we've had a Patreon for like a week now, and um I got to tell my entire story of meeting Taylor Swift in detail, and it was a really uh cathartic experience for me to share that because usually I'm either surrounded by people who don't like Taylor Swift and so I'm on the defensive or people who are like don't understand how big a deal it is and so I have to like rush through it or I feel like I'm bragging and so I can't like really lean into it but this is unfiltered and and uh, extensive so (laughs) if you're interested in that that's an option and that's on on our our Patreon Patreon currently yeah 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 so we'll have the a Taylor Swift um tier where I'll do a monthly episode on a deep dive on Taylor. And then we're also going to be doing an extra PS You're Wrong episode with you and I once a month where we'll probably talk about, I guess, old movies that <laughs> you refuse to cover on the main <laughs> the main feed. So so wait, when are we when are we recording these? Soon? I, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just but like yeah, we have this tier, and I way, have yet Matt. to record anything. So if people are looking for me, yeah. it it isn't there yet. But. Well, I figured it'd be like I'd figured we'd 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 spread it. So the first yes. episode of the gotcha. month would be like the Taylor Swift one, and then okay. the last episode would be like the PS. Okay. P.S. Perfect. 
great yeah so Love it'll it. it'll be mm-hmm. coming it'll be okay. <laughs> coming soon awesome. but if you want to check out our patreon and see if it's uh if it's an attractive proposition to you you can go to patreon.com backslash ps you're wrong um and, and we, we also have, have some yeah we have some fun merch so <laughs> i worked really hard on a classic um ps photoshop dealio so emphasis on the classic mm, old school and just yeah. you know renaissance <laughs> yeah. for the people just uh, timeless well oh my gosh mm. so many things going on and then of course this is our tradition every time one of us has a birthday to do a deep dive on a celebrity we've yes. we've only done actors so far but you were like hey i think i want to do <laughs> justin bieber and i was like um okay and <laughs> So yeah, I basically just spent the last week listening to all of Justin Bieber's music on repeat, and I listened to all of his old albums. I feel very prepared to discuss them, and yeah, I think this is probably going to be a battle of the minds here between <laughs> you hating Justin yeah. Bieber and me being sort of like, well, I don't you know what's funny is i was like i did so much research for this episode i'm like i'm on top of it and then the instant we sat down to record you're like oh i listened to all his albums and i was like oh that's what i didn't do (laughs) wait you didn't listen to any of his music i mean i have obviously (laughs) i just like was so caught up in it's about the the music (laughs) shelby no that's what's so interesting to me about him is that he's like a personality you know like i I, I mean, he yes. has no, he barely has a personality in my well, opinion, but he is doing a lot of things. Yeah. Well, so that's sort of like, let's jump out with that. Like um, okay. how we came to know Justin Bieber and that relationship throughout our lives, because he came onto the scene in 2009, basically. Um, that was when his first single was released, but he'd been on YouTube before that. I was just graduating. No, I was done with, I was graduated high school that summer. I was going to college for my first, I did a summer term first. So the first I remember hearing about Justin Bieber was everyone obsessing over that song, Baby. And I was just like, not vibing with it. And and then on top of that, suddenly all my friends were like, oh my gosh, you have to go watch My World. Or, or no, what is it? The Never Say Never, um, his biopic slash concert oh, yeah. video that yes. went to theaters mm-hmm. and made a butt ton of money. Never Say Never. <laughs> and I was like resentful of this. I was like immediately like, why does he have a concert video? Why would I go see it? And why does everyone who goes sees it comes out and is like, oh my gosh, I get it now, you know? I resented his rise to fame, I think. But so you hated him even at the beginning. Yeah. He's still 12 years old and you've already got it out for him. <laughs> yeah. This be- says mean, a lot, I think. Yeah. And that's something I've been wrestling with through my life because arguably I do like, um, I guess, a fair amount of his music. I mean, like 30% of his music. I really enjoyed <laughs> Sorry and like that whole era, I think, is his strongest. Um, so what do you mean? Like all that his, some of his features are good. Like even listening back to his early stuff, like I have a soft spot now for baby, which we listened to ironically. And then it just became a real obsession. So I can't like say I'm above it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not delusional in the fact that I've enjoyed Justin Bieber and, or his antics. Um, 
But what about you? Were you a believer from the get-go? So I actually had a mild mental breakdown this past week because I have a very clear memory in my mind of me driving back to college at some point and we had for whatever reason like the car that we had had Sirius XM radio on it but we didn't pay for it so we only got it at weird times they would always (laughs) give us like a free sample around Thanksgiving for whatever reason and so on the way back from to college for Thanksgiving, I remember listening to XM and they for they always had songs on there that were sort of like a little bit ahead of the other radio songs. So I remember listening to One Time by Justin Bieber, his first song, and being like, oh, this is so good. I love this. Mm-hmm. But then I was looking at the dates and that song came out in 2009 <laughs> and I was still in high school then. So... I definitely like this memory that I have of listening to this song. It it definitely is not real. So then I was like, it was planted by Justin Bieber. Right. So I was like, was it a different song that I'm remembering? Or like, cause I, I feel like I have a memory of liking Justin Bieber sort of before he like became a giant or liking Mm -hmm. this song at least before he became a big deal. But then I was like, there's no way that I didn't hear a Justin Bieber song until, you know, like, 2010 because at that point all kinds of stuff has was already out and it wouldn't have been new like so anyways i don't know maybe you just avoided it for a long time like maybe your circle of friends wasn't in the teeny bopper if that was me now i would say yes definitely (laughs) but i was very into music especially like pop music Uh in from like 2008 to maybe like 2013 where I would go through the iTunes top 100 like every couple of days and just like make sure that I had like knew all of the songs on it so if this came out I would have known about it prior to that so I don't know what's happening but anyways I like Justin Bieber's songs I think he's a very strange figure in pop culture (laughs) who has gone through many iterations all of which are weird and none of which i can fully like get behind Mm -hmm. as supporting Mm -hmm. him as a person but almost despite that i think his music is phenomenal i think he's great on just about anything that they put him on whether it's his own stuff or you know collaborating with other people what about that ed sheeran song though oh see i love that song (laughs) I'm telling you, I like just about every Justin Bieber song. So, and I've listened to a lot of them the past week. Um, So I do think that there are stronger eras and weaker eras of Justin Bieber, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in general, I feel like his music is very strong. And I would Mm -hmm. have a hard time coming up with too many other music artists that I feel like have been as strong for as long as Justin Bieber has interesting yeah no um i in preparation of this podcast i did finally watch never say never which is his 2011 documentary as i mentioned and um it it follows him through his 2010 tour that he did for his his first album um just to give sort of a (laughs) a background on his very fast rise to fame oh Um, yeah yeah he was he was born in 1994, so he's a youngin. But in Canada, he, yeah, he's a Canadian, good old Canadian. And um, his mother 
was like 18 when she had him and her father was in jail. It wasn't a very like steady home life. But in this documentary, it's just like, she's like, oh yeah, he just seemed like really talented at music, even though I never like bothered to put him in any lessons or anything. He like learned drums and guitar at like four years old. Like he was very talented. And so obviously he came to, he was coming of age during the YouTube era. And so that's sort of what happened is his mom uploaded a video of him at a sort of local singing competition so that her friends could watch it. And and then they just started uploading more videos of him like busking on the streets and singing in his in his room and just playing all these covers. And so that was all like in 2007. Then Scooter Braun, um, which I have a lot of thoughts on Scooter Braun, but I'm not going to get too distracted in this podcast. But yeah, thank um, you. In 2008, he discovered Justin Bieber, as he as he phrases it, and he um, he he got in touch with the family, flew them out to Atlanta, and was like, "Give me a week, and we're going to see if we can make something happen." That is when he was introduced to Usher. Usher um, sort of, you know, brought him on, um, got him signed with L.A. Reid in 2008, and then the in July of 2009, they released the single "One Time." which he then goes on like this massive press tour for. And, you know, funnily enough, he performed it at Taylor Swift's Fearless tour a couple times in 2009 until finally at the end of 2009, he releases his first EP, um, which features a few other of his hits like One Less Lonely Girl. Those all skyrocket. He's doing, he's on YouTube still doing these sort of at home videos, which was a strategy to make these girls online feel like they found him, they discovered him, they are invested in his success now. And so then when January 2010 comes along, he finally, um, or no, in March 2010, he releases the full album, My World 2.0, and that debuted at number one on the Billboard chart. And within a year, he was doing sold out stadiums or not stadiums, <laughs> sold out arenas <laughs> sure. um, on his first world tour. And that was the that was the content of the documentary. So he definitely was like, he was young. He had a very fast rise. He had no time to get used to this like sort of sudden entrance into fame. And it is very wild how it all how it all lined up and how he went from being a nobody in Canada to play in Madison Square Gardens in about a year and a half. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Did you ever watch the documentary? You know what? I didn't. I remember <sighs> the time when all of those concert documentaries were such a yeah. thing. Like I, I remember there was a Miley Cyrus one, there was a Katy mm-hmm. Perry one. And then at some point, I feel like everybody just pivoted to like we're doing like every time we go on tour, we're just going to yeah. do like a concert video. So I think that they sort of got less steam. But those were released in theaters, I remember, because oh, yeah. I know that friends went to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of random things about young Justin Bieber that I found interesting in my research. So one is that for whatever reason, I thought that he was from like Toronto or someplace, but he's actually from this little town called London, Ontario, and grew up in the town Stratford, Ontario, which may not mean anything to you, <laughs> but Stratford, okay. Ontario is has like a big Shakespeare festival mm. uh, and a big Shakespeare center. So like everybody in Michigan oh. for some kind of, you know, like arts, high school 
field trip has to like ride a bus over to Canada and go see Shakespeare plays at Stratford. So it was interesting to like picture him sort of out and about performing for all of these like <laughs> Michigan tourists yeah. who are carted over there to watch these plays. Um, the second thing I thought that was interesting was that when Scooter Braun approached his Justin Bieber's mom Patty who is mm. very religious she mm. was she, she, oh, yeah. she was like uh like I know this is a good opportunity for Justin but Scooter Braun is Jewish and I just can't we can't let him <laughs> go with this Jewish man and apparently she was praying and she wrote about this in her memoir about how like yeah. she was praying that ju- that they could send him a different manager who wasn't Jewish but eventually she talked to like the church elders and they were like no I think this is fine like I think even though he's Jewish I think we, <laughs> you can go along with it pretty, so pretty weird yeah so I, it I, it is I feel like that is good context though too of just how strange mm-hmm. Justin Bieber is and his relationship with religion and mm-hmm. then he has this mother who's you know like very evangelical and then his father is sort of a deadbeat and creepy Mm -hmm. and will make appearances i'm sure (laughs) later in this episode so there's just that circling around and then the last thing i thought was interesting was that at the point where scooter braun was trying to sign him up with somebody obviously he ended up with sort of usher but Mm -hmm. i guess justin timberlake at one point was interested (laughs) and the reason why they said no to justin timberlake was because they were worried about them both being named justin (laughs) and they thought that that somehow might confuse people so interesting to to see where the like justin bieber justin timberlake uh version goes because i feel like so much of justin bieber's early stuff is based on this sort of like very um like urban african-american usher uh Mm -hmm. sort of like lingo and outfits and things that were picked out for justin bieber because he's from canada so he wasn't yeah he needed a swagger coach right yes he had a (laughs) swagger coach so it's interesting to see to think about like what justin or what justin bieber would be like had justin timberlake been the one who was sort of like getting (laughs) an image ready for him yeah (laughs) sophie's choice right there um (laughs) no i mean what was interesting was watching the documentary from my perspective now um, and knowing what happens to Justin Bieber, it is kind of like disconcerting (laughs) um, those things that are happening because I feel like Justin Bieber's life has basically three, three rise and falls to it. And the first one is obviously his rise to fame. And then around 2013, he takes a nosedive publicly um, and has a lot of scandals around his name. And then he has his comeback tour with the, with the, um, uh, pur- purpose. Wait, purpose. Yeah, the Sorry album, and he does that again. But then that's short-lived because he ends up canceling tour, and he kind of has this fall from the public eye again. And he doesn't do another full album until his next sort of um rise again, his rebirth as this very Christian married man. He has his YouTube series. He's putting out music. He has now like a gospel music EP. And he says he's a more woke individual. And it's interesting to kind of watch um, how the first chapter came to be because when I, when my friends were going to see Never Say Never, they came out and they were just like in awe of this little boy or this young, (laughs) this young man. I don't know. He was boyish. He was very young looking. He was 15 at the time. And, yeah, that's um, a child. Yeah, he's very young. And he has very young parents who are maybe 
caught up in a moment. And it's just kind of like at the time in 2010, when this movie was airing, people were like, wow, what a wonder kid. Like this is, he's going so far, like how amazing that this happened for him. But watching it now, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of warning signs here that this isn't going to go well because there's a lot of bro-ish energy around him that's basically raising him from Scooter Braun to Usher to his swagger coach slash stylish slash he doesn't want to be called a stylist because he's a straight man and straight men can't be stylist. <laughs> so wag man. Um, and just seeing all this behind the scenes stuff where he's kind of, you know, he's he's running the show because he is the show. But it's also like, wait, this kid is so young he's like there's no sign of like is he in school like what is he learning like who's sleeping with him he's on this tour bus all the time like who's like guiding him through this very tumultuous time um and it is kind of just the i don't know it's it's that's part of what like the scooter brawn of it all kind of and this is like pre obviously you guys think i can't be (laughs) That Taylor Swift has colored my opinion of Scooter Uh, Braun. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that. No, But I will say that reading about um, Scooter Braun, it's an interesting figure because he was just a party promoter. He had dreams of like being big, being famous, having money, like success. Like, of course, everyone does. But he decided the way to do that was to transition to be one of the behind the scenes kind of guys. And he's talked about this in interviews where he's like, I realized I couldn't be the talent, but could I be this like manager figure? And so he decides that he wants to and he starts seeking out talent. And that's how he was on YouTube. And that's how he found Justin Bieber. And that's why he invested so much time and um, money and attention into this young star. And he also sells himself as this sort of like uncle type where he's like the fun guy. Like he he wants them to know that they can trust him, but he's also not at all any type of person who's going to be like, hey, eat your vegetables, do your homework type. He wants to think it's a very he even in the documentary watching Scooter interact with this child. It's it's alarming how at home he feels in the teenage landscape and i feel like it's just it's interesting to see that relationship um progress through the years because he's he's always been there well and obviously now scooter braun is a big figure who represents a lot of different people but i feel like at that time justin bieber was sort of his big ticket item his meal ticket if you were so i think the two of them together are both like oh we like it's taking off in a way that's quicker than we thought possible. And so now you have this child, but also this man who is also sort of like getting launched into things that he isn't quite prepared for. And they're both sort of immature. So you can see how this relationship kind of like bonds them together as they're Mm -hmm. going through this meteoric rise that neither of them are really prepared for. Cause Justin Bieber has, so he has My World, which is like a, a short album. And then he has My World uh, 2.0, which is the full length EP. Then, and I feel like both of these are, like there's good songs on them. And mm-hmm. obviously now we, we you know, like Eeny Meeny with Sean Kingston <laughs> or Baby or Somebody to Love. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the the general perception of Justin Bieber at that time was sort of like, uh, early One Direction kind of thing, like oh, yeah. like little girls like him, yeah, middle schoolers like him. But like, you, if you're an adult, you're like not dealing with Justin Bieber. And then he mm-hmm. releases a Christmas album, which I feel like is another <laughs> hallmark of like, okay, not like a real serious uh, yeah person. 
But then in 2012, he comes out with Believe, Mm -hmm. which I feel like was a big shift. One, because he got a different haircut. You can tell when Justin Bieber (laughs) is doing something new because he has a different haircut. He had the swoopy bangs, um, which I feel like everybody then copied after him in like 2010 there was a phase where i had those bangs but oh, then cute. <laughs> but then he moved to sort of like the the straight up hair cut like he like cut yeah. the sides and it goes straight up but um but believe was an album that had a lot of songs on it like boyfriend like as long as you love me like beauty and the beat that i think were genuine hits for adults as well and I remember being at college at this time and those songs played at every dance that happened. Like if you were going to a college mm-hmm. dance, they were playing those Justin Bieber songs. Everyone loved them. Everyone knew all of the words to them. I also, which I think we've talked about on this podcast before, I feel like the perfect way to put together a song, a pop song, is like, you know, have like the good singer for like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, then bring in the rap solo <laughs> and then go into like the final chorus. Yeah, and literally like all of Justin Bieber's songs are following that same model. <laughs> Every one of them has a guest rapper on it. And if you do not think that a bunch of like 19 year old white kids in Pennsylvania were like going insane for all of the like knowing all the lyrics and those rap verses, then you do not know what uh, is happening in Pennsylvania because we were obsessed. <laughs> And I still yeah. know all the words. I was listening to it this week and I was like, oh, I can do the full rap on all of these. Thank you very much. So, it's yeah, a good no, time. it was a big album. And I feel like it was, you know, part of their strategy where um, Justin Bieber at the time was obsessed with being Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I forgot he, about that weird plot line. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. He was really focused on it where to the but point Michael where it was Jackson like, was dead at this point. Yes. yes. Like they didn't really have any interaction, which is probably no, no, no. Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just more he admired that Michael Jackson was able to, um, you know, bring his young fan base with him. And he says what was interesting is that um Bieber, Justin Bieber was quoted in this interview from early on where he said, I model my career on the decisions Michael made and how he kept his young fan base and kept his private life private. All those things add up to me. That made him super interesting. And so that was like young Bieber's goal, which unfortunately, obviously his life has not been private. He's been overshadowed by quite a few um, missteps, relationships, choices, which he's publicized too uh, as his life has gone on. But he starts dating Selena Gomez in 2010, yeah. Yeah. very early on into his career. And that's yes. going to be a very public relationship <laughs> that's very messy. It's gonna, they're both going to talk about in multiple albums. Oh, There's yeah. going to be so many breakups and getting back together and breakup yeah. and getting back together. Even his eventual marriage to Haley Baldwin sort of has like some weird like... Is oh, this... they're constantly talking about it. Yeah, like is this like sort of a rebound from selena Mm. it's Mm. very strange so interesting that he would be like oh i want to keep my private life private also we know (laughs) why michael jackson was keeping his private life private (laughs) and uh, Uh, not for good reasons yeah yeah scooter braun was like we have this thing where we ask what would michael do and it's like michael is the greatest so why not look to him study him copy him and so i think that was sort of the strategy with the second album is okay justin bieber's growing up his voice is sort of maybe deepening a little tiny bit like let's let's elevate him past this um 
teenage girl heartthrobby place. But that being said, I mean, they were still putting out perfumes with him. <laughs> right. But by 2012, he's what, 18? 18, yeah. So he is like actually an adult at that point. But yes, Technically, yeah. he had a lot. He, there were multiple perfume lines. I think that there was like four or five oh, I was yeah. reading somewhere in here, which is well, another hallmark the- of... Uh, middle school girls my sister has like six yeah. bottles of one direction perfume in her oh yeah bedroom well so. i think it was kind of like it was interesting because there was another article with scooter Braun where someone the interviewer poked fun of this like oh yeah adele's not doing a f- perfume line you know that right and he's like yeah of course like justin bieber we don't want him to be overshadowed by his you know his <laughs> product his personality but I'm going to let, you know, he's basically saying like, I, it's a way to make money. I want to diversify um, Justin Bieber's income. And I think that was always a strategy. And I think that is part of why Justin Bieber felt lost. I mean, there was this story he told um, GQ, I think, when around the the bully era, like in 2012, when he was like, yeah, as a kid, it was hard to always want to do this. Like one day I just did not want to go back to work. And I like hid my passport so that we couldn't go to the next door stop. And he was determined to just have one normal day, but he wasn't allowed to because, you know, he's a kid on a contract with a schedule to stick to. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's always a hallmark of um, ch- child stars. Um, but it is kind of sad to see everyone start to profit off of him that he gets kind of lost in the shuffle because this is the same time patty comes out with her memoir that's very explosive um she talks about being abused as a child not by any family members but there's a lot of abuse there's a lot of um domestic issues with her relationship with justin's father jeremy um and that was she went on a news a press tour to like promote this book while he's doing his press tour to promote his album. And Jeremy's in the picture is sort of another one of Justin's entourage members. And it's all just kind of a messy family dynamic. Well, and Justin's dad is one of those relatives who is not afraid to talk to the press. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he'll be drunk someplace and some interviewer will ask him questions and he'll just give like a very strange comments. There is at some point later, much later in the career where there's like nude pictures of Justin Bieber taken on like a hotel balcony or whatever. Yeah. And of course, Justin's dad <laughs> is like all over the place. Like, wow. Yeah, that's my son. Like, well, and now just like the thing? dad yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, sir, like calm down. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot to take in. And um, I mean, it's yeah, like the Believe album was definitely a part of college it was a part of my life and my friend group and it wasn't necessarily because they were believers as teens it was just good music that was a huge hit like he the album debuted at number one again um i don't think he'd had a debuted number one single yet but a lot of his songs were charting in the top 10 um and it was a it was a good time to be bieber but it didn't last that long (laughs) Yeah, because then we get sort of a downward spiral for Justin Bieber in like 2013, where there is the video that's released of him peeing in a mop bucket at a Mm -hmm. restaurant, which people Mm -hmm. are not into. Um, (laughs) In January 2014, he gets arrested for a DUI. That's when we get that creepy smiling mug shot. Mm -hmm. And there was a petition to... (laughs) going around to get him deported from the country because he's Canadian. People 
hated him. He was on, yeah. he starred on SNL at one point and the cast sort of came out and were like, yeah, he was terrible to deal with. Like the worst. He had yeah. this like bad entourage, just a lot of negative press. And also at that time, after Believe, which is such a huge, crazy big album, he does this very weird thing yeah. on <laughs> this album called Journals, which isn't like a full studio album, but there are these songs that he was sort of releasing piecemeal, and then they eventually came out as an album. I don't think any of them really took off. No. I was listening to it, and none of them were songs that I recognized. Yeah. So you just had a real slump for him on the music front, and then also a lot of bad press. And I think it took him a little while to like sort of go hide away and then come back and regroup. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like the, that was a big part of my reintroduction to Justin Bieber is all the bad press he was getting and just like the unlikable energy he and his entourage brought wherever they went. Like it was very bro-ish. It was very immature. Yeah. It's like, he was when he was, you know, when he posted this video of him pissing in the bucket, he's like, why is that such a big deal? I just like relieved myself. And it's like, well, good, sir. You're like in a restaurant, like in the food prep center where people have to clean up your messes. And it's just like clear. He never like had to think about that. But I mean, this was also the time where he got a milestone award. Um <laughs> which I remember because this is the point where Taylor Swift comes back into his story as an anti-believer because of his relationship with Selena Gomez. And there's a famous moment where um, she sees them kissing backstage and she kind of makes like a barf face, not knowing she's being filmed. And, um, and also she was asked about like how she felt about Justin Bieber's like milestone award. And she's like, can we have another question? And so there's clearly bad blood there. Um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Okay. And, um, Very witty. <laughs> but it's also like you have this Justin Bieber who's in this weird relationship with Selena Gomez, which has always been the strangest pairing to me. I really don't get it because Selena Gomez has always been really like, I mean, sort of like the clean cut Disney star. Like she never had her wild phase necessarily that like Miley Cyrus went through or, or Britney Spears or any of those. Like Selena's always been very like, I don't know, just kind of reserved and removed and kind of shy seeming and just away from it all. But then she's in this like toxic, endless relationship cycle with Justin Bieber. And I just, that was something that always stuck out to me. It was just like the, how did that relationship happen? And why did they keep going back to each other? I mean, they met when they were very young. Mm -hmm. I think they were both sort of on the rise at a similar time. I'm sure that there is a level of connection there, of understanding of things that other people do not have. So yeah. there is a safety net with each other where they can talk about things and they know what that feeling is. You know, if if Justin Bieber is dating someone who became famous as an adult or isn't famous or whatever, like, or I mean, even with Haley Baldwin, there there's a, a sort of a divide there where you can't fully understand what the other person is has been through. And I think that with Selena, they had a similar pathway. Also, I don't know. I mean, they were very young. Clearly, they were very into each other. And I think that both of them sort of just didn't probably have a lot of coping mechanisms in general to deal with all kinds of life issues. Yeah. And so they, I don't know, you know, struggled to figure stuff out. And 
I'm like, I think that no one would be surprised if it turned out that they got back together even now. So (laughs) please no. I mean, cause this is cause then in 2015, after a slew of bad press, um, he kind of goes on this apology tour that's basically kicked off with the comedy roast um, that he asked for. He he reached out to um, Comedy Central and asked for them to set up a roast of him. And it, it was a big hit. Like it, it had some famous zingers come from Pete Davidson, Shaquille O'Neal, Martha Stewart was strangely there, Snoop Dogg. Um, uh, did you ever watch that? Did you see any of that? Yes. Yes. I remember watching the Justin Bieber roast. Yeah. Because also like, so I loved the, I loved Believe, the album. I think mm-hmm. it's great. I really wasn't, then in, as I finished up college and went off to, and I lived in Pittsburgh for a year and then moved to New York City, I feel like that's the period of time where I was least in touch with pop culture things. Mm. Um and so that would have been the period where Justin Bieber was sort of like falling off the wagon. So I yeah. don't really have a lot of concrete memories of like either disliking him or knowing about this stuff other than just very peripherally. Yeah. And then Purpose, the album with Sorry on it and What Do You Mean, came out in the fall of 2015, which is when mm. I moved to New York City. So Iconic. like with it really, yeah, like that album for me is like, the first couple of months I lived in New York because those were the songs that played at parties. Those were the songs that, you know, I would like listen to on my headphones walking around the city. So for me, Justin Bieber up until this point is sort of like leveled off because I know there was a dip, but I really wasn't aware of it. So I'm still like, oh, Justin Bieber. Great. Love him. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I obviously wasn't dialed into the Taylor Swift stuff. I really have no thoughts either way on Selena Gomez in general. I didn't even watch Wizards of Waverly Place, really. (laughs) So I have no context there. And also the Purpose album era Justin Bieber with like the platinum hair. I feel like that is when he is at his most attractive. Like, mm, yeah, that's the best Peep version peeps. of Justin's style, I think. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Like, this is when I was like, OK, I haven't liked you as a person, but I can't I can't resist these songs. And I remember very clearly um, there was a snowstorm in New York and we were stuck inside without heat. And so to keep warm, my friends and I learned the entire sorry dance from the music video. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, to the point where we once spontaneously were able to perform it at a dance party and um, in front of people. And it was really like a highlight of that year is his entire album. And he was also on a press tour where he was like, yeah, I've grown a lot as a person. Like I like I had to like let go of some people. I had to let go of some things. It was hard growing up as a kid. And like there's a lot of talk about like how he learned and grown and made mistakes and was now better for it. But it was also the era where he was talking about like, yeah, this song is explicitly about Selena Gomez. Like, what do you mean? It's all about Selena Gomez. If you wonder where I stand with Selena Gomez, listen to this album. And so he is still very much like um, playing his personal life which I think is his prerogative, but it all started to feel a little, um, a, a little forced because it's mid 2017. Um, when he announced that he would be canceling his, his purpose tour, um, with a handful of dates still left because he was just too tired. And that was an interesting moment because, uh, again, my friends were more believers and they went to his concert and I was like, guys, don't go. He's just so smug. He's phoning it in. Like, it's not a good time. 
And they went to his concert and it was a bad show. He was missing like dance beats and it wasn't like a good time. But it is sad that he felt so like unhealthy emotionally, physically that he decided to just cancel it and kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. I also think that this is a period where Justin's music sort of starts to take a little bit of a change. Mm -hmm. His first couple albums are very poppy and but have a lot of like dance beats sort of in the background Mm -hmm. and i think that the bigger songs off of purpose are also doing that like what do you mean sorry um where are you now but i think if you actually listen to that full album there's a lot more songs on it that are sort of in the love yourself uh company sort of category which are slower more him just sort of doing like vocal riffs and less production Mm -hmm. and i think that justin's earlier stuff is stronger and that he's best when he has sort of like more stuff going on than just relying on his voice and i think that's also why he tends to do really well in these featured artist tracks where Mm -hmm. like on the track with ed sheeran um he at in the next couple of years when he's not really doing tours of his own, he's on a bunch of stuff with Post Malone. He has Desposito. He has I'm the One with DJ Khaled. He has No Brainer with DJ Khaled. Like a bunch of these yeah. songs where he can sort of like pop onto somebody else's track. And I feel like if Justin Bieber, I mean, obviously he's still doing fine, but like I think that the best version of him is less relying on vocals even though his vocals are great and a little bit more relying on like some more musical production because Mm -hmm. in his next couple albums there's a lot (laughs) less of that going on yeah it's an interesting transition and he he even talked around about it around um i think it was around this time like 2015 2016 where he was talking about how he wants to make meaningful songs that make you want to dance And he wants his music to be inspiring. And so it seemed like that was a focus. But since his next iteration as a personality, he does seem much more driven to be taken seriously as an R&B artist instead of a pop artist. And um, I think that's been harder for him to navigate, one, because of issues of cultural appropriation, but two, because, yeah, it's not resonating with his fan base or even tangential listeners in the same way Mm -hmm. and um i'm not sure if it will work i don't know (laughs) um because he yeah he did a bunch of features where he got to do a bunch of different style of music and most of it i didn't really listen to or enjoy um like at this point i wasn't really tuned into justin bieber at all except for the fact that this is when he was making headlines for his sudden (laughs) whirlwind romance with Haley baldwin um because this was after selena gomez and him had finally broken up and um he'd been dating a couple different people like he'd been seen with oh yeah what barely broken yeah up. like yeah, yeah there yeah. was a lot of of justin bieber and selena dated on and off again from december of 2010 to march of 2018 there was a period there was in a the, chunk there yes yes but it was sort of like off and on yeah he meets um Haley baldwin 
in December of 2015 and they date for like two months. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then he gets back together with Selena uh, shortly after that. Yeah. Then he (laughs) breaks up with Selena Gomez for the final time, supposedly, in March 2018. They are starting... Haley and Justin are dating by May 2018. They are engaged by July 2018. (laughs) And then there's sort of a lot of like, are they married? Are they actually married? Are they, they're sort of married. They're fake married. They're legally married. They have some kind of marriage ceremony in November 2018 and then are officially, officially married in September 2019. But it is very quick, the turnaround from Selena in March to Haley in May. Uh, yeah, like, no, I think it was big that they got, vibes. I think they got engaged in July, married in September at the New York City courthouse, and then had a bigger party the next November. So it was a very fast, like a two month stint between Selena and Haley before they got engaged and another two months before they got married. And a lot of yeah. people were like, what is happening? And then it came out that Justin Bieber had been um, celibate s- since his during his relationship with Haley, like they were saving themselves for marriage is the idea. And, um, I think that, you know, I come from a very conservative religious background where that's a, that's a joke in a lot of our culturally rushed marriages, which is that if you can't have sex before marriage, you just kind of, well, why not get married? But this is a very fast turnaround, even from my, uh, historic background. So, it was it was pretty shocking to watch a star of his caliber kind of have this all happen. Yeah, it sort of had big uh, Ariana Grande, Pete Davidson vibes yeah. for me. <laughs> where I mean, and I feel like you get this a lot with celebrities where they meet, they become instantly engaged, and then usually it like tumbles off rather quickly. Yeah. So the fact that they've now been together what like five years is what. <laughs> or, wait no sorry wait, what's the date 18, three 19, years four years yeah well i guess i i just had a mind f- let's see 18 20, to 19, 20, 19 20, 20, 20. <laughs> four four years yeah four years let's call it a sophomore so, yeah that's wild so it it's like i think they're a, i mean they're together a lot longer than i thought they were yeah. going to be which was like a couple of months so yeah oh and they're very young Haley baldwin was 22 when she got married um and he was 25. And she's the daughter 24. of Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, one of the less. No, she's the daughter Stephen of... Baldwin? Stephen. She's the, she's the niece of Alec Baldwin. Okay. So one of the lesser Stevens is her father. One of the lesser Baldwins is her father. Um, and this is also the time where Justin Bieber... He's always talked about his faith. And kind of like, you know, he had a cross on his cross tattoo on his calf and he'd like talk about how he was a spiritual person but not a religious person and then during the sorry era he did kind of talk about how he was going to church more and he had found this pastor he really liked and he was reconnecting with his mother who he'd lost touch with over his more rebellious years and so there was this like come to jesus moment but it really came to a head with the Haley baldwin of it all and this kind of like quieter not making as much music, but making a lot of headlines for these strange life choices. And his his religion has become a big part of him to the point where he every interview he does, it's talked about. Um, he The reason I remembered him in time for this podcast is because he's just released another album. And in that promo cycle, he's talking a lot about his faith. And that is like an interesting wrinkle too, because 
this is this is sort of the heart of my issue with Justin Bieber as a whole is um and I think you know celebrities get away with a lot and the accountability isn't always there because like who's going to hold these multimillionaires accountable like what will that actually look like but what's interesting with Justin Bieber is he does have this apologetic edge now where he's he's taken time to find and rediscover himself and and I honor that like journey for him but it is interesting to kind of see how that has played out in the last couple of years as he continues to try and make music because um after his marriage he did he's done two well almost three more albums since then because in 2019 he started teasing his next album and in 2020 he released changes um yes which debuted at number one album yes (laughs) yeah such a great song that's true love right there um that's what happens when you wait for marriage kids is you, you get yummy written about you um but he's planned a tour for that it's great because of covid and then in 2021 he has just released justice which also debuted at number one and then like just a couple weeks ago he released a gospel ep called freedom which hasn't made any sort of waves but is nonetheless something he has done and so Changes is the one where he said it's R&B and he got mad at the Grammys for putting him up for pop because he's an R&B artist and you have to like take him seriously as an R&B artist or whatever. And I just didn't really love any of the music from these last two albums. But did you, did it speak to you? Did you rediscover J.B.'s during your quarantine? Um, Not really. This is less my vibe. Uh, chain, I like Justice more than I like Changes. Changes feel is sort of one of those albums where I think that the best two songs are Yummy and Intentions, which are the ones that got the most traction. And otherwise, it's it's very much like all a same mood, like not much going on, really. Like I can turn it on and have it be on for an hour and sort of never realize when we've switched tracks. Uh, Justice, I think, is better. I really like Holy, the Chance the Rapper song. Um Peaches is good. Ghost is mm-hmm. good. There's more stuff I think that's interesting on on Justice and is more fun. Yeah, the it is an interesting dynamic him and his faith because he's really become BFFs with the pastor at Hillsong Church, Carl Lentz, who I guess is his sort of spiritual advisor. No, he's and, actually parted ways with them, according to oh, TKO. Oh, they have now. <laughs> well, they yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's who thing. like was in the yeah in the picture. Anyways, so he, he now one we have like the sort of wife guy energy that's coming from mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, where a lot of these songs in the last two albums are very specifically like about like being married, having a wife, blah 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 blah. But then also there's a lot, especially in Justice, there's a lot of like religious imagery in there and a lot of more Christian things going mm-hmm. on, which is an interesting dynamic. Like the same thing sort of happened with Kanye West a couple of yeah. years ago when he had the Sunday service albums. And I find it fascinating from like a sociological standpoint, from a personal <laughs> yeah. standpoint, I don't think it's honestly that interesting i think both justin bieber and kanye west are clearly people who have gone through a lot of different stuff in their life who are trying to make sense of this world where they don't probably have that many 
solid personal connections because they are so famous and it's hard to really like read what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I can just see how complicated that is and how refreshing some sort of spirituality or faith or something would be helpful to that Mm -hmm. in whatever form it takes, whether that be like actual organized religion or just sort of like some kind of spiritual woo-woo-ness. I mean, lots of celebrities go through this Mm -hmm. with Madonna and Kabbalah, whenever that was. So I can understand them on that standpoint. What I always find interesting is how society reacts to this. Because Mm -hmm. on one hand, you have Christian people who would normally be very anti-Justin Bieber, very anti-Kanye West, who are now sort of like, wait, (laughs) do we like now are we supporting you? Are we like taking you back in for these albums that are probably not your best work, but are somehow like supporting Christian themes Mm -hmm. in some way, but not even fully? Or did they still say like, no, we don't want this. And then you have the secular culture who really loves their older stuff and kind of likes the new stuff, but then like are is sort of cringed out by the religious aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So I just find it very interesting how these groups of people then have to like reframe their mind and figure out like, okay, are we going to be pro Justin Bieber or anti Justin Bieber? Mm-hmm. Because we like some of his music, but we don't like his faith or we like <laughs> his faith, but we don't like his music. It's, it's interesting. The mental gymnastics that you have to go through. It's it's honestly mm-hmm. a little bit similar, I think, to the J.K. Rowling stuff that's going on as well, mm-hmm. where it's like you have conservative people who previously didn't like her because of the witchcraft, <laughs> but now are like, but well, maybe we do like her because she's standing up against transgender <laughs> yeah. people. So yeah. it's it's wild. No, it is. And I, I think it's been an interesting like three years period for Justin Bieber, because this is when a lot of like the ugly side of his childhood and semi-adulthood came out where um, in 2019, he posted this Instagram um, story where he told like this very long Instagram post where he talked about how he didn't grow up in a stable home um, as he became successful. Like he went from being a small kid to having millions tell me how much they love me. And he just started believing it. And he had no, it's interesting to watch him process his own life. And he's been very, um, transparent about that journey for himself and kind of like realizing, wait a second, I, I was 18 with absolutely no real skills, as he put it, in the real world, but I had millions of dollars, access to whatever I wanted, and no one to like tell me no. And this is also where it came out that he'd been doing drugs, um, especially as a later teenager, like at 18, 19. Um, he talked about how he abused all of his relationships, not detailing whether that was like physical or just emotional, or if it was just like he took people for granted type thing. Um, but he talks about like, oh, it's taken me years to bounce back from all these terrible decisions, fix broken relationships and change relationship habits. Luckily, God blessed me with extraordinary people and I'm now navigating the best season of my life, marriage. And that's kind of the vibe he brings to his YouTube series, um, which he did during the the pre-cycle of uh, his album changes. And so he did like a 10 episode YouTube mini reality show that again featured a lot of the same team members, Scooter Braun's still in his life. Haley Baldwin is obviously there and he's talking a lot about like, Oh yeah, I, I did drugs for the first time when I was 12. Like I smoked pot for the first time when I was 12. And, um, 
I <laughs> struggled with anxiety so much that I was self-medicating. And I, um, you know, he, he had reasons for why his downward spiral was so ugly that hadn't been obvious from, you know, our more public facing view of it. And I think it's easy to be sympathetic of that because we see it all the time with celebrities where we, we build them up and then just tear them down and we eat up every negative headline there is. And we just like point and laugh and think, wow, what a jackass. Like, <laughs> like I think literally Seth Rogen had a whole bit in an interview where he's just like, yeah, Justin Bieber is a jackass. And frankly, at the time he was, you know, but it's interesting again to have that curtain pulled back and be like, yes, I was, but what's the culture that made me that way? And also how has he been able to kind of reprogram that on a personal level? And that's where I get caught up in the like, the redemption story of Justin Bieber. Like, do I, do I believe him? Like, yes and no. And I think it's hard because like you said, I, I don't like judge him for his religious beliefs and I don't judge him for, you know, his anxiety. Like these are all things I wrestle with too, but it is hard when it's someone so, who's made so many public mistakes and is now asking or expecting some sort of grace well, or understanding. And it's just like a complicated, a complicated position to be in. It's tricky because on one hand, he has so much money. He has so much access to everything, so much privilege that you can sort of write him off as like, okay, yeah, we're sure your life is tough, but like <laughs> you have all this money, like go cry into what your golden coffers yeah. or whatever. But then at the same time, you also re- have to realize like, okay, he was a child when a lot of this was happening. Yeah. Not only did he come just from an upbringing that there was a lot of trauma in with his parents, but then he was also ripped out of that at a young age. He was carted around the country. There's so much stuff that he ha- has to be unpacking in throughout that entire time period and even still now i think that the thing with justin bieber which is why i like him more than i like a lot of other people is that he doesn't seem to really have any nefarious motivations at any point like all of his everything he's done feels like sort of a cry for help or like misguided selfishness at the worst i think i don't think that he is like out to sort of like bamboozle anybody or cheat anybody. Or I think that, you know, if he could move to some like mountain commune and like (laughs) sing and what, like, I think that he would, I think that there's a lot of other, I think like Scooter Braun is somebody who is much (sighs) more sort of like malicious in his intent. And I think that Hollywood is full of those kind of people. Mm -hmm. And probably some of those people are trying to take advantage of Justin Bieber. But I feel like Justin Bieber as a person, I don't think is a bad person. And I think that this, his new stuff with his spirituality is very genuine Mm -hmm. and that he's trying to, you know, figure out a way to sort himself out and thinks that this might be an option. And, you know, I, I hope that he is able to, you know, find sort of what he's looking for. I don't know if this is going to really turn out to be that helpful for him in the long run. But I also kind of feel like if you're someone as famous as Justin Bieber, in some ways, there's like really no way to ever 
you know, get away from that unless yeah. you are one of those people who's like, I'm retiring, I'm leaving, I'm moving to Montana and I'm never yeah. doing anything again. <laughs> yeah. And it, I do think it is like a symptom of arrested development, this idea that you stop a growing the moment you become famous type thing. And like he became famous very young. And I think he does have sort of that simplistic sort of teenage outlook on life sometimes that comes through. And it, and it does feel sincere, like you said. Like I, I don't think he found Jesus because it would save his face. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really do feel like he has found value in it. And I'm happy for him in that way. But it is hard because, well, two things. One is that he is... Okay, well, the story that really frustrated me the most with Justin Bieber is that um, in like 2014 or 2015, new clips leaked from his never say never documentary um where he was saying the n-word and kind of rewriting there's going to be one less lonely girl but he replaced girl with the n-word and he was making racially insensitive jokes and it was all like very ugly and very unfortunately childish and that's like a sad story and he had to apologize for it and it's rough to think like has he actually been able to do any work to kind of unpack the uh (laughs) the racism that we all just carry in us just due to culture and whatever. But on top of that, what really struck me is that this is during never say never. He's in a room full of his like hype guys and none of them like took him aside to say like, Hey, actually you shouldn't say that. Like, no, this is bad. Like they're laughing in the background and it's the same people he's around still like Scooter Braun and these lifelong friends. And, and that's like the complicated piece to me is that I just like find myself (laughs) bothered by the lack of I don't know growth or or maybe accountability where he gets to just wrap that piece up in the same breath as like oh yeah I I once threw eggs at my neighbor's house type thing whereas there's two very different issues going on there one's like a disrespectful kind of childish I get to do what I want type thing and another one is a pretty problematic belief system that takes a lot of effort to undo in our in our lives and and I think I would be more open to the idea that he's learning and growing, except that his whole new thing now is, I don't know, the the cultural appropriation side of Justin Bieber's latest iteration is kind of a frustrating piece for me. And um, I think, for instance, on the on his most recent album, he has <laughs> an interlude. Oh, yes. Just, I was going to talk about this, too. <laughs> it's just two minutes of Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech. And um, and it comes between two of his songs. And the next one is a song about how he would die for his wife. He loves her so much. And 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 bless his little heart. Yeah. He said he did it because he wanted to get he wanted to amplify the voice of Martin Luther King Jr. And share his truth, which he agrees with now and that he's coming to realize like he has a responsibility to help those who need help. And Justin Bieber's idea of, you know, helping the the cause of equality and anti-racism is to put a two-minute Martin Luther King speech on his album. And I just, I can't get behind it. I really can't. <laughs> I mean, I... So, I mean, there's a bunch of different things at play in, yeah. the, in there. There's the fact that, yes, there's this recording of him saying the N-word, which I think is terrible. And But I also can see him as a child being in this group of people who, you know, are teaching him to 
have swagger and whatever. Yeah. And I can see like nobody really telling him that he shouldn't be doing this and also almost encouraging him because they're like, look, it's Justin Bieber. He's 13 years old and he looks like a little boy. So and isn't it funny when he says these, yeah. says these bad things. Uh, and I can, and, and he I has can black also, friends. So, right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, like I see, that he that these people in his life, Scooter Braun and this entourage of people, are people who are probably toxic, who he should have gotten rid of at some point or another. But I also can see how these are the people who have been with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that would be a tough choice to make. And then what? Bring in people who like don't know you, who you haven't worked with, um, just because these people who also made you successful and who you're closely tied to, you feel like are maybe not great people but is he even in the point where he can he's distant enough that he can make that assessment Mm -hmm. of scooter braun and stuff that they're that they're not you know maybe what's best for him in the long run yeah the mlk stuff (laughs) on the new album when i was listening to it i was like this is very strange because it's not, it does not fit with the theme of the, the, the album at all. I mean, yeah. it opens with MLK, then there's another MLK thing in the middle. It's like, this isn't an, it's not like this is a Childish Gambino album that is addressing, you know, systemic racism. Yeah. This is a, an album about Justin Bieber and his wife where he's talking about, you know, sleeping with her and where he can buy weed and, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. So, yeah, it's very... It's very strange. Do I think that he is doing it for what he believes are like positive reasons? Yes. Is that good (laughs) enough? No, not really. But I also don't really know like who is going to hold him accountable for these kinds of things. Like the like sort of misguided trying. And but also, I mean, I think that this album then is not particularly wonderful in general. So yeah. And also his yeah. style recently, like in the oh, yeah, in these past two albums is just like a disaster. And I don't know. I feel like he needs to like go off someplace and like take a couple of years and then Get sort of time. regroup and maybe just yeah. do some, you know, one off songs in the meantime. Because um, clearly he's like struggling to find something. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, arguably, I read the most recent GQ cover story with him and he thinks he has found himself he's found his cause and it's it's wrapped up in his faith where he's realized he asks himself now and this is a direct quote how can i be of service like the new music the inspirational messages he posts on instagram the deliberate calm manner in which he goes about his day all of us all of it is addressed in some ways to his younger self the kid who was drowning and he felt like he'd never be saved and is now he doesn't want to let the shame of his past dictate what I'm able to do for people now. And I was reading this cover story, which is very generous and humbling. And it's all about like, wow, I actually believe him, which you're right. You do believe Justin Bieber, but it's almost like too simplistic a life view to really justify a 20 something year old having and purporting to be like his life calling because I just feel like the bar is on the floor for for stars for white men and this gushing over his his change is a disservice to the damage he has done (laughs) what do we think about this though okay I have a new theory okay what if Justin Bieber is just dumb 
Yeah. You know, it's like he didn't he didn't go to school. It's not like yeah. his parents were that supportive of his education. Clearly, he didn't go to college. Like, is he a big reader? You know, like where yeah. is he sort of getting this information? I don't I don't really know. And maybe this view, which for you and I were like, okay, obviously this is way too simple and he's not addressing like eight million other different things going on. Yeah. But it's like he just is not uh <laughs> Like, like his his head is just like does not have that same mental capacity for like these different layers yeah. of it. Yeah, it's possible because I, I mean, it was interesting because in the article, it it he's the interviewer talks to Chance the rapper too because they're kind of friends. And at one point, oh, well, Justin Bieber on says, "Yeah, yeah." At one point, Justin Bieber says, "It's just rewarding to be all that you were designed to be." <laughs> And I like that just like took my breath away because I'm like, man, I don't know if I've felt that yet. You know, have I become who I'm supposed to be? Like, I don't know. But he is so sincere in this belief that he has. He's very earnest. Yeah, he's right at this point. He says, I'm right where I'm supposed to be doing what I believe God wants me to do. And there's nothing more fulfilling. And then Chance the Rapper, bless his heart, said um, that Justin Bieber and himself are both blessed. And he says, like, not as in, like, oh, I'm, I have privileges bestowed on me, but um, that the way he's talking about it is that there are people who are blessed that, um, like, as in they're touched by God. It's an aura you can feel. <laughs> then Chancellor Ever says, we've been anointed. And I'm just, like, shocked that there's that level of not, not, like, pride like i don't think it's coming from an ego place but it is they just don't realize it because it's just like oh wow like that's what we're saying now like that's jesus has blessed justin bieber's aura to like do what to put mlk on a two-minute stint and then like go and complain about not being taken seriously as an r&b artist even though he's never paid any respect to the r&b art itself so i don't know it's tough for me I I feel like what is lurking here that you have not said is the comparison, as always, between Justin Bieber and your beloved Taylor Swift. And that <laughs> Taylor Swift is out here, you know, like trying so many things and and getting yeah. called out for stuff and and, you know, just trying to do the absolute most mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be seen as like a very good upstanding person who you can root for and Mm. in a lot of ways keeps running into walls on that front like even when she tries things people like nah what's her motivation where then you have justin bieber over on the other side who is doing a bunch of things that are questionable but is sort of being given the benefit of the doubt for all of that Mm -hmm. and and people seem to like him anyways and so you're like wait a second it's (laughs) it's like the thing where like you're the older kid who's like getting all the good grades and your parents like the younger kid anyways and you're like but wait i i did all the work like why aren't you liking me why do you like them better and just how genuinely frustrating that is i mean for for taylor swift i'm sure but also for you and just it's a universal feeling to have when you're like wait a second how come this person's getting more benefit of the doubt how come this person's getting more rewards for like doing less work it is very frustrating I think um, I think about all the time this quote from Mad Men. Did you watch Mad Men at all? I didn't. There's these two um, account reps in the show. So basically they're in charge of, you know, sort of like whining and dining the clients 
who are going to hire the ad agency. And there's some point in one of this series where they're up sort of against each other as to like which one of them gets to work on this big, big client. And one of them is like, is like trying very, very, very hard to get it and goes, puts in all of this work. And then in the end, they give it to the other guy. And when the guy who doesn't get it sort of like goes to the boss and asks him why he didn't get the account when he worked so hard, he's like, you, the boss says like, you have the ability to make people like realize that you are working very, very hard for them and that you are putting in a lot of work. But this, but the other guy has the ability to make it seem like, or to have the client feel like that they want to work for him. Uh, sort of like, it's just like an effervescence yeah. or naturalness where it's like, he's so cool that the client wants to work for him. He doesn't have to be like constantly proving himself to the client. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true about so many different things in life. And I feel like that is also the Taylor Swift versus Justin Bieber paradox of like, Taylor Swift is trying so hard to make you like her. And in the end, it's sort of like the trying hard that is what's making people like her less, (laughs) where Justin Bieber doesn't care. And so somehow or another, people like him more, even though he's not trying, which is very weird and frustrating, but I feel like just how things work in life. Yeah, I mean, the GQ interview opens with this question. How do you become a good or well-adjusted or normal person when you don't have access to a single normal thing in your life? And it's meant to be like, oh, man, like what else was going to happen except Justin Bieber turning into a a monkey stealing graffiti, you know, drawing a bad driver, drug doer, you know, and I just Mm -hmm. think it's tough that we do kind of have these standards that are so low for men. But then you turn around and you look at Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like any of these female stars. And it is like a much different judgmental stick we're measuring them with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it's interesting because the Justin Bieber thing, I would be okay if he just was like, yeah, I'm going to make music again. But the fact that it all, like his entire, you know, his album just came out this last month in April. And so it's it's been a lot of publicity around it and all of it comes down to I wanted to do more. And this is your, this is your answer. This is your calling. Like this is your gift to humanity is this album that you're benefiting off of still. You're getting the dollars for every play that that MLK intro gets. Are you donating it to someone? Are you talking to the people you're, you're professing to like learn about? Like I just, it's tough for me to respect that even if I don't, believe is coming from a negative place like I I'd much rather probably oh I don't know I I find myself more generous in looking at Justin Bieber's life than I am at looking at Justin Timberlake's choices oh yeah well Justin Timberlake (sighs) I feel like is actively making choices that are negatively impacting other people and that he realizes it like when he throws Britney Spears or Janet Jackson sort of under the bus like I think he realizes that he's doing it to save his own ass where Justin Bieber the other thing with Justin Bieber and with these comments that he's making it's like don't you think that 
everything he is saying to these reporters is stuff that he has said to this entourage of people who are around him <laughs> who have been like, yeah, Justin, yeah. It's like they are they are making money off of this album. They want this album yes. to happen. They can If they can convince Justin Bieber that making this album and putting a Martin Luther King Jr. quote in the middle of it like is helping people and Justin Bieber wants to help people and then they all get money off of it anyways, I think they are more than happy yeah. to feed him that line of bullshit like all day every day and so again i don't know if justin has the capacity to (laughs) see through that for a lot of different reasons like lack of life experience lack of you know like just general education the fact that he's been with these people for so long that there's sort of like a brainwashing quality of it yeah so again if I'm looking at someone to like point fingers at in this situation, I feel like Scooter I'm less Braun. inclined, yeah, to point fingers at Justin Bieber and I'm more inclined to point fingers at Scooter Braun and whoever else is in, you know, the back alley of the like music industry who's yeah. propping up Justin Bieber and like carting him around different places. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I mean, not not to derail this because it really doesn't matter, but when Taylor Swift spoke out against Scooter Braun, Scooter Braun didn't release a statement. He had Justin Bieber release a statement that was like, oh, Taylor, I'm sorry. Like, it wasn't meant like that. Like, you know, it was there's a level of influence that these people in his life still have over his involvement, his his words, his choices. And it is kind of it does still have that like toxic energy, like even watching the clip of Scooter Braun talk about in the seasons um, YouTube series um, when Justin Bieber's talking about his drug abuse, Scooter Braun's like, yeah, there were days where I'd like go in and check if he was breathing. And it's like, well, you had a responsibility to him. Like you couldn't do more than just that. Like who was, who was getting him to that point where he had access to this sort of stuff where he had a lifestyle like this. And obviously addiction is hard and it's a disease and it's, it's not as easy as just telling someone to stop. And I get that, but I do kind of find myself resisting this idea that these yes men have his best interests at heart. Um, more than they do like making sure he gets from point A to point B so they get their paychecks on the 1st and 15th, you know? Well, I think it's probably somewhat similar. I mean, obviously to a much lesser extent, but somewhat similar to some of like the Britney Spears stuff where it's like she's surround, like they both became famous at a very young age. They both had parents who like weren't really um, able to run their careers like they probably should have so they got absorbed into this giant machinery both of them were sort of uh made some poor life decisions but then were also like driven mad by paparazzi Mm -hmm. and just fame in general and both of them i think are sort of like trying to figure out ways to escape that and in both situations like i would never be like oh britney spears is a terrible person because she you know partied Mm -hmm. or shaved her head or whatever it's like no britney spears was a victim of a abusive system and i think justin tim or justin not Justin never like justin bieber (laughs) is less of a victim than britney spears is but i think that there's a lot of similar stuff going on there where someone like justin timberlake for whatever reason feels like he had more control and agency in this and then has continued to make decisions that were like very much in his best interest and not in other people's best interest. And that those decisions were mostly made by him and not by other people. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a fair assessment. And, um, 
He'd probably disagree with us, but the, that's our armchair expertise the, right there. The, the, the person who honestly, who popped up here a couple times in this where I was the most befuddled was that Justin Bieber has done, had a collaboration with Chris Brown in 2019. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, one, Justin, what are you doing? But two, I was like, well, how is Chris Brown still out here making music in the year of our Lord 2019? Like, <laughs> yeah. who is supporting this? Yeah, who is a Chris Brown thing. fan? <laughs> I mean, yeah, which we don't even have time to get into that. But I was just <laughs> like, what the other another a completely different uh topic here i was shocked to find out how few grammy awards justin bieber has been oh yeah no it is not very many he's only won twice and both of them Mm. were sort of like uh, collaborations with other people that he like really wasn't even involved in fully and i was just like grammys like justin bieber (laughs) has had a lot of good songs like you couldn't yeah. of all the weird stuff that's get not that gets nominated. You can never you you don't have anything for Justin Bieber. It's similar to the fact that Katy Perry doesn't have a Grammy, and it's yeah. like it's like Katy Perry should have plenty of Grammys. <laughs> like for all of the weird people who have them, Katy Perry is very yeah. successful. She has dozens of wonderful songs. Like give the friggin' woman woman a Grammy award. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I had a couple of questions as we wrap things up. I was going to ask you, like, given his whole discography, what is your favorite Justin Bieber song? My favorite Justin Bieber song is Sorry. I love Sorry so much, and I love the music video so much. But I was, is that yours too? Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking, though, about ranking the Justin Bieber albums. Mm. And for this purpose, I did my world like the combined of my right. world one and two believe purpose changes and justice i didn't oh, do like the christmas album or like the journal oh, oh or that's whatever. not your ranking yeah no like, those are just the five like, okay. so i think number one is believe uh-huh. number two is purpose number three is my world number four is justice and number five is changes Okay. I think his worst two albums are his most recent two. Yeah. I would say the best is um, Purpose and then My World. <laughs> okay. And then Believe. And then I honestly haven't listened to Justice yet, but I feel like I... You know what? I do like the Peaches song. So I like that more than Yummy. So I guess maybe technically on that point, Justice wins. Justice has more like boppy songs than Changes does. Okay. Well, then I'll I'll respect that. Have you listened to his gospel EP he put out this week? No, I didn't. (laughs) I... Here's another soapbox that I would like to stand on very quickly. Spotify is frigging annoying in how they sort out like artists stuff. Like if you go to Justin Bieber, you go to like discography. Okay. We get, we have albums. Perfect. Wonderful. But it's like some of them are deluxe. Some of them aren't albums or some of them are just regular. Some of them are remixes. It's very confusing. And then you go into singles and there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these. And some of them are like compilations of multiple singles. Some of them are just one song. Like it's so confusing and I need them to go back and like clean this up. Like if you want to have a bunch of different weird single conglomerations come out when you're, 
you know, getting ready to release justice, fine. But once justice is out, like, get rid of the singles if they're songs that are <laughs> going to be on justice, and then just stick the justice album in the album section because yeah. it's yeah. way too confusing to have to sort through all of this random stuff. And I don't know, like, am I missing something? Was it like, what did I need to listen to? Didn't I listen to? It was. I don't know. It was very it's weird. So harder. I don't even see the gospel album <laughs> on here. It might not be on Spotify. Sometimes he does. Wait, what releases. is it? Is it called Freedom? Yes. Yeah. See, it's in the singles section. Yeah. I'm so sorry. there's what, like six songs on there, yeah. but it's in the singles section. It's not in the album section. Hey, oh at Spotify, gosh, figure this. your stuff out. Um, okay. My last question was Justin Bieber with a mustache or Justin Bieber with dreadlocks? <laughs> Oh, I guess the mustache because it's not cultural appropriation. Yeah, it's so disgusting, though. Hottest Justin Bieber is blonde, long hair Justin Bieber. Yeah. Sorry, Justin Bieber is the hottest. I did also like the like pretty boy believe Justin Bieber, you know, like when he got his fresh cut and he just had a really he has a very strong jawline. Yeah, he's a he's a very attractive person (laughs) who is like constantly trying to look less attractive which i like <laughs> which he succeeds at yes too often yeah <laughs> it is it is sort of a um uh, uh brad pitt sort of situation where they're yeah. like i'm just too good looking so i'm now going to try to be less yeah. good looking and it's like okay but why yeah i mean and the tattoos too unless that works for you i don't know sometimes it's cool but i i think he has a lot now it's a little too much for my taste he has a lot of tattoos. Yeah, he has I will like two say. sleeves and, a, and the whole chest. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he's basically completely covered in tattoos because he yeah. has the one up the neck. He's got. Now I'm on his Instagram, which is also truly a wild place. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's These too much. It's too many. Terrible. Yeah. I do. You know who has good style though is Haley Bieber. Mm. I feel like she has really good sort of like Princess Diana uh Does she style have good vibes. style or do, is she just skinny? You know what I mean? Like it's like she's just wearing street clothes, but she just looks good because she's thin. I don't know. I think she's got like <laughs> some stuff going on. I don't I mean, I don't know. She is yeah. she is also thin, but like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, she can she can wear a sweater very well. She she does good with her biker shorts and uh bra combos, so yeah happy for her (laughs) so whatever okay you're a hater (laughs) next up on my birthday episode Hailey Bieber's (laughs) style choices (laughs) (laughs) um well I hope this was informative and enjoyable I um I will always have just like this weird I don't know file in my brain saved for Justin Bieber headlines because it's just like he's been such a weird figure to grow up with and to watch kind of not grow up and um the repercussions of that all but i don't know it's just an interesting guy yeah and we'll be we'll be off next week because yes. shelby's on vacation yes so we're taking a week off which will be i think nice for us because we haven't taken a week yes, off in a I long need this. time <laughs> well i mean you took a lot of weeks off to give birth to children <laughs> but i didn't um yeah. so yeah so that'll be exciting and then yeah and then we'll be back i can't remember we we figured out what the next episode is but now i can't remember what, what it was I think it's the zombie movie, right? Or no, it's Woman in the Window and then it's the zombie movie. Oh, yes. It's Woman in the Window. Woman in the Window. Finally, she has arrived. Yeah. Help us (sighs) out. Okay. Well, and you can follow (laughs) us on or you can subscribe to our Patreon. We have merch. 
You can follow us on social media. You can send us an email. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I honestly didn't even check check today (laughs) if we had one. Maybe we do. Oh, well, if we do, I'm not reading it yet. Um, Okay. So we will see you guys in two weeks. Bye.